Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Will Pinter, and with me tonight from Enigma Wargaming, Sift Takers' very own Jason Denton. Welcome. Hello, everybody. So, tonight, obviously, Jace, you are well known for painting. But um, and well, and, and you're gaming as well, you're a decent player. But what, what I'd like to talk about first before we get on to that is the German system open. Jer Koskella won this evening uh, with Suntier, with Predator, Darth Vader, Fire Control System, and Whisper with Duke Fifth Brother coming in at a tasty 189 point. Jace, uh, what, what do you think about the list? I mean, you've flown a lot of Darth Vader in your time, yeah. It's it's good to see the aces back on top again, eh? Kind of called yeah. it last week. I um, certainly did, me and Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you know, those three are solid. I've had I've had them on the table for a little while, having a place and soon Tier came back into hyperspace. And they're just all round, you know, if you're going after one of them, it just disappears. The other two kind of cycle in and do the work. You know, you've got to be a really good pilot. The change to the mechanics now mean that the you know the green dice are not as favourable as they used to be. So to get as far as um, he's done, you know that's a fantastic result, really good. Well, I mean, sitting at one eight nine points, I mean, not having hate on Darth obviously is quite quite a big deal, I think. But I, I mean, I'd say I, I don't know if you're looking at it, but I, I reckon it's a direct counter to Han Jake or, or sitting at one eight nine points. Yeah, the the bids the bids definitely there to go against the hand Jake. You know, you he's looking at that thinking, you know, especially after Jack's success with it over the last sort of two, three weeks. People are gonna be trying it, people are gonna be flying it, and to get the initiative six jump on Han has been massive. And I think I saw one of the games where he was flying against Han Jake and you know, Han tried to get away, but there was just no chance. Yeah, I mean, with the speed of the ships, yeah. And and like you say, with the bid, obviously coming in afterwards and being out of a void, essentially. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not really avoiding Luke Gunner, but avoiding most of what's coming in is pretty decent. Yeah, they're, they're never coming in as a, as a pair in, you know, in the same angle of attack for his turret arc. You know, he's going to put one in his front arc, one in his side arc. You know, take your pick and the other one's getting a free shot. So, you know, his, his target priority for Han must have been so difficult in that game because they can all tank a, a few hits if, you, if you're lucky. But, yeah, it was, it was good to watch when I watched it. It was really good. I mean, a lot of people were, were worried about Han itself uh, being in the top 16. Now, there was one fat Han in the top 16, essentially, four quad phantoms, two Skurglocks, four Vaders plus other... Uh, and a couple of Rebel Beasts. So, although we are seeing a consistency of pretty much the same lists coming through, but it's not the massive, you know, meta, the hand meta that we all feared. Um, do, do you think there's a reason for that? Yeah, the the biggest thing is player skill. You know, hand Jake is a great list, but if you don't put it in the right places, you're going to get punished. You know, that that's where Jack did so well. He just... He's got that experience over the last few years of flying it. He knows where to put it. He knows what he can do. These people that have picked it up for two weeks don't give it give it a few more weeks, months. You know, I think people will get quite competent with it, but they're just picking up something that's popular and and just not as well trained, well versed, well rehearsed like Jack is. Jack's a legend with that list, isn't he? Yeah, fact. 
So do you think seeing this now, I mean, I, I don't know how it fared against um, Quad Phantoms, but seeing this now, do you think we're going to see a lot more aces now within not just extended, but in hyperspace as well? Yeah, absolutely. With the new gas clouds coming out, aces have just got that little bit of an edge that they need. It just makes that them green dice a bit more reliable. Um, obviously, like Vader doesn't have his uh, evade anymore, does he? So, no. you know, <laughs> I've had many a time, especially against Rob Ram's uh, academy pilot at Rage 1, you know, that when them blanks turn up, it's painful, very painful. Well, I mean, it's nice to see some diversity coming in. I mean, not not, not like there wasn't anyway, but it's nice to see Aces coming back because it's always always definitely a good thing. I mean, that's a bit of the point of X-Wing, isn't it? A bit of dogfighting and AC, AC lists. So Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, well, start of hyperspace and, you know, sort of extended as, as 2.0 changed. I was flying a lot of sort of jousty lists, um, but I just decided, no, I want to fly, you know, fly something. So I picked up some aces recently that I did well with, and it was just a lot of fun. You know, flying Vader, Marek Steel, it, it was just a lot of fun to fly aces. People are finding their feet with it all again now. It's great. And with them aces, obviously, you paint your aces and you paint a lot of your ships so i mean um if people have been on forums and things like that they would have seen your ships mainly i don't know you were very popular for the darth maul ghost itself and then obviously you've started doing more and more commission painting how long have you been painting for well it, it all started when i was very young down at the local games workshop i suppose so it's about 23 years ish on and off you know, never really put it down. You know, now and again, I'd get the brushes out, you know, with kids coming along and things like that. But, yeah, I've always painted. Really enjoyed it. So it's been nice to take all these pre-painted ships, which, to be fair, most of them don't need repainting. But that's that's just me. I just want to have something unique on the board and, and things have happened, I suppose. <laughs> you know, people enjoy it and like it. You do it all by hand as well, don't you? You don't use any airbrush whatsoever when you paint your ships. Is that right? Yeah, um, to be honest, I've, I've never really sort of took it that seriously to go and buy some big kit. I've always just brushes, quick jobs. Most ships, you know, I can paint, you know, a small ship in a couple of hours from start to finish to a good standard. You know, I never I never put anything down or on the table that I'm not happy with. So within a couple of hours, I can get it how I want it to look. And yeah, it's, you know, it's got to be happy with what you put on the table, I suppose, and happy with the standard. I mean, how would you recommend people practicing? Obviously, you get your new fancy ship and all the rest of it, and like you say, they, are, they do come pre-painted and look pretty good. Do you practice off the models as well in order to get them to that high standard? Do you practice techniques off the models rather than someone going out and buying a 20-quid ship and then completely messing it up? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Me personally, no, I, I can, can spray the ships up with primer you know, and do that quite comfortably. You know, some people struggle with spray cans i suppose i, I don't I've, I've always used them there's a few key tricks to making sure you get it right the weather conditions hot and cold wind you know all that sort of stuff but the main thing with with painting any model is have a clear understanding of what you want to do with it before you start you know especially if you want a quick turnaround anyway but if you're not too fussed then you can work your way through a scheme but most of the time you've got to have a plan some reference material potentially um, I've got a nice uh, Star Wars encyclopedia for Christmas. Got loads of stuff in there. Just did a Django fire spray out of there. And it was great for referencing where all the colours go, if there's any damage or anything like that. But 
yeah, having a clear concept is is the big starting point for me. You know, if I, I give anyone any advice, just kind of know what you want to achieve before you start. I mean, do you do you draw it up if you haven't got something to go off? I'll start. I'll start off with an idea. So straight away, back to the concept. Kind of visually look at the model before I even put any paint on it. Kind of think about where I want that paint to go and how it wants to sit. One thing that I think about when I'm painting is how will it look to the person on the other side of the table? So certain angles, you know, highlight certain edges. I do like to think about it in that way. I've seen a lot of your ships and a lot of different things. I mean, helicopter blades on all on, on, on <laughs> ships and all sorts, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Tom Reed ships themselves and uh, that he flew at Nationals. How do you make it happen? How does it come together? The, the best way for it to come together really is, like I say, plan first of all, have an idea of how you want it to look or how somebody wants their ships to look, you know, if it's a commission job. I never really do any sketches of that. I did recently, actually, for the mall infiltrator. I did kind of a, a bit of a plan for that. Just a quick sketch, you know, kind of figure out where you want the paint to go. Then you settle on your palette, you know, what sort of colours are you using? Are they bright colours? Are they really dark colours? You know, because that can mean which sort of undercoat you're going to use. Black, grey, white, or a specific colour, like the ones I did for Tom. I actually used a colour which was like a bone colour spray. Yeah. Which made the colours then pop even even better because it was the right base colour. Yeah, that, that's sort of where I start off with. And then just let it build from there and, and let, let your imagination go wild, as it were. Yeah, you know, like with the mall ghost and the mall infiltrator, you're picking reference points on the hull, you know, being neat, drawing straight lines, etc. Um, you know, them reference points make it sort of paint by number in a way, because, you know, if you've got... A lot of the ships are very symmetrical. So if you plan something on one side, so I'd paint half the ship first and then plot it on the other side. So if you're using the same reference points, you should have sort of a very symmetrical design, assuming you're going to do something that works on both sides of the ship. Um, but yeah, sort of those reference points, decide on your palette, and then really you've got to then put down a really good, solid base coat or your base colour, you know, thin coats, you know, just build it into the right um, consistency that you want to get on the, on the model. But if you're putting in something that's too thick, you know, you'll just mess the entire thing up because the detail's quite nice anyway. But thin coats above, you know, just a normal splodge on your, on your model. Control your water or your medium that you're putting into your paints. Get it the right consistency that's not drying up as you're painting. And, um, yeah, just have fun with it as well. You know, that's that's rule number one, I suppose, with any of this. You've just got to have fun doing it if you enjoy it. That's, that's all part of the process. Yeah. I mean, I've never thought about doing it that way, like that asymmetrical, doing one half first and then the other half um, and then copying that. I, I, I just literally go for it. So that's a, that's a, good, that's a really good <laughs> tip. <there. laughs> yeah, that, so, that was the main thing with the ghost, that one. When I did the ghost, I literally painted half of it first just to get it in the right place. And then it just so happened to, you know, transfer quite well over onto the other side with the reference points. Brilliant. I mean, what, what's your favourite one that you've that you've done? I've done quite a few now, actually. It's um, I'll be honest. That lately, the, one of my favourites that I did was the Django Fet fire spray. I really enjoyed using that because that kind of brought together everything I just spoke about there, the referencing, 
the encyclopedia from Star Wars that I look at. But my favourite still today is the Maul Ghost. There's there's no dispute in that. That's just by far my favourite ship. Every time I pull that on the board, gets a lot of attention from other people. And also on the board when I'm playing as well. I've got a, a list with a couple of X-Wings in and everyone goes after the Ghost and then the X-Wings just sort of mop it up after. It's great. Yeah, well, the, the Ghost is the best one. I I've, I've, well, love it. Well, I've been flying the Ormol Infiltrator and getting a lot of praise for it, and I've got to, I've, I've had to turn that praise onto you, um, unfortunately, and obviously be be honest and tell the people that it was me. <laughs> I've still not, I've still not flown it yet. <laughs> I know, yeah. I've still about it. thirty games. It? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, I mean, is there a, is there any products you use that? You know, have you got any products that you can recommend to people that they can use? Like, what type of brushes? You know, what type of paints do you use? Is it a mixture? What is it? Yeah. So, I've always used Games Workshop paints. I've I've sort of dabbled with some uh, Vallejo colours and stuff. You know, it's really about getting the the colour that really works for your project. But I use the Citadel Games Workshop paints since they brought out all the the base paints, the layer paints, the technical paints. I think GW have done some fantastic things there. So I, I always use those because I'm, I'm just confident in, in the quality of their product. There's probably better things out there, but it works for me, so I use those. When it comes to brushes, I've used a selection of quite a few over the last six months and go through them quite quickly. But I must say, the Artis Opus brushes are fantastic. I've got a Series S triple zero that I use for all my line, you know, my fine detail and lines. Their brushes are fantastic. So, you know, yeah, it's mainly GW stuff just because I trust it more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Artis Opus have got the M series coming out and the dry brushes coming out soon as well. So you can. Yeah, they're they're really, um, you know, they're going to town and bringing out some quality products. And like I say, off the back of all the Kickstarters that they've done to, to get all the products going, you can see why it's been successful because when you put it in your hand, you know, you, you can use an average brush and get decent lines and, de- you know, a decent layer of paint down. But as soon as you use one of these, you know it's a different level. Um, so anyone that's listening that, you know, does paint, go and try one. They're about a tenner for a brush. Yeah, it's quite expensive. But if you look after it, that is £10 well worth spending. And it can take your paint to the next level. Obviously, you've got your paints. You've got... What's the zone that you've got to get in? Do you just have to put yourself away sit yourself away is it is it like a a mental state where you've literally got to pull yourself out if you've got distractions obviously is that is that a no-no um not really um the main thing is i I work at my kitchen table i've got about i don't know 25 paints seven or eight brushes and all i need is spare time With, with me having a young family most of the times when everyone goes to bed it's quiet time. It's like, right, get the brushes out, do a couple of hours here and there. But yeah, there's no there's no zone for me. I just really enjoy painting. You know, my, my day job is is quite stressful. So when it comes to sitting down and just turning off from the real world a little bit, the painting's a, a fantastic distraction. I, I love it. As a person, you can smash out a small ship in a couple of hours, but Obviously, for the average person, what they're looking at, how much time they're looking at putting into something like a small base ship if they want it looking pristine? I suppose that all depends on the skill level and, and what they're trying to achieve, I suppose. But I've always been notoriously fast or quick at painting. 
you know, even from the early days, I've always been a very neat painter um, and used lots of techniques that are just like, not shortcuts, but I've, I've learned to, you know, be quick um, at doing things, you know, blending, you know, you've got to work quick. If you've seen the, the dial that I did for the infiltrator, the, the colour shift on that through the blending, you know, it probably took me an hour to do it for the whole dial. But when it finished, it was, it was lovely. But if someone's painting their own ship, depends what they're trying to achieve. Um, but, you know, two, three, four hours maybe. But like I say, I'm just, I'm just a quick painter. Yeah. Well, happy days. I mean, I hope, I hope people listening today will be encouraged to go and paint their ships. I mean, it's, obviously, like you say, they do come pre-painted, but it's nice to see other people's painted ships and people's own, what's that, imagination and impressions being put on the board, you know. It's, oh, yeah, very much so. Especially at a tournament, I, I personally love looking across the board and seeing someone who's put, not, you know, I mean, it's not it's not the same ship over and over again that I'm seeing every time, you know what I mean? They're, they're yeah. literally, like, they've got their own ships across the board. Yeah, the, the, there's so many good painters out there as well. Um, you know, lots of people have transitioned from sort of the, the stereotypical games, workshop game systems, and are coming over. Um, and there's a lot of talented painters, loads on Instagram and Facebook that you can look at the work and you think, wow. You know, I, I think that of other people's work, I think my stuff's good. And a lot of these other people are phenomenal. And you look at their stuff for inspiration, it's fantastic. Brilliant. Well, if anyone out there is looking for a commission painter, obviously Jason is available, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna plug you, mate. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, mate. So it's an uh, Enigma Wargaming. Um, if you're looking on Facebook, I'm gonna sign off now. Um, so hopefully uh, we will follow it up at some point on the Sift Takers channel with a video with you, Jason. If you if you're up for that. Yeah, sure, no problem. No problem. Uh, We'll try and get like a, a video going of you painting a ship and explaining to people and seeing it like live, really. All that is to say is uh, goodbye from uh, Jason. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye from myself and goodbye from producer Tim. Till the next time on the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. Uh-huh.